One Emotional Podcast, conversations for inspiration on the go. We offer on-the-go inspiration because our whole heart is set on beauty and our best bets are set on art. Welcome to One Emotional Podcast. So today we're going to talk about something so basic, something that we constantly use. We need it to be alive. We need it every second of our lives. When we feel anxious, it changes. When we are depressed, it changes as well. When we are happy, it changes. It's something so useful for humans, for animals, for mammals. And it's rarely talked about. So that's why I want to take the moment to do this episode on breath. What is it and why we need it so much? And more importantly, why are we breathing so wrong? So I'm going to base um, part of the conversation in a book that I read, about, um, written by author James Nestor. The book is called Breath, The New Science of a Lost Art, and it was released in 2020. And well, there is nothing more essential to our health and well-being than breathing, right? We breathe 25,000 times a day, and every breath has an impact on our anxiety levels, on our blood pressure, and on our heart rate. So we're going to talk about and discuss a little bit about um, the science behind why humans have lost their ability to breathe correctly. Losing this ability has impacted on our physical health and impacted on things like our jaw shape and the space that we have inside our nose for breathing. So um, based on this book, Nestor tracks down men and women exploring the hidden science behind ancient breathing practices like pranayama, sudarshan kriya, and tuma. Plus, we're going to discuss um, how we're going to put our own body to test by volunteering in new experiments investigating breathing techniques impact. Okay. So the most important thing and number one thing that I want to pinpoint is breathing through our nose, not our mouth. So if we're running, I've seen many people, you know, breathing through our mouth. If you're sleeping, I've seen lots of people, you know, if you snore, if you have sleep apnea, then you might be breathing through your mouth. Nearly half of all people are chronic mouth breathers and are chronically stressed and exhausted as a result of this. So we're going to discuss about how inhaling through our nose can trigger different body hormones than if you breathe using your mouth. So in the book, James provides a different uh, variety of studies supporting the benefits of breathing through your nose. Specifically, breathing through your nose can lower blood pressure, can help maintain a steady heart rate, and even help with memory consolidation. In contrast, mouth breathing is the single biggest predictor of teeth cavities. I had no idea that breathing through your mouth was related to having more teeth cavities. And for me, for example, I've had lots of teeth cavities and I went to the dentist many times and, you know, he was like, what's going on with your teeth? Like, do you eat lots of sugar? I was like, no. Do you, I don't know, he was asking like so many questions. And I realized that one of my things that were happening to me was that I was breathing through my nose at night. And 
Because breathing through your mouth has a greater impact on the likelihood of teeth cavities than sugar and not brushing your teeth. On top of this, we can associate how our misaligned jaws, you know, could be causing also mouth breathing. And out of the 5,400 mammal species, humans are the only ones that suffer from routinely misaligned jaws. So, this is something quite interesting because um, I discovered this mouth tape. It could be any tape. It could be masking tape. It could be any kind of tape that you have. And you could put it, it's kind of like this uh, Chaplin kind of like mustache, but instead of like being between your lip and your nose, just put it between your lips. And the idea of this is for you when you go to bed, for you to seal your lips and that forces your nose breathing. And many people could say like, oh no, my nose is congested and you know, many other things, but also your nose might, might be getting congested because you're breathing through the mouth. So once you train your body to breathe through your nose, then eventually you're gonna get less congestions unless you have something medical or something you know, serious or some allergies, okay? But I've tried this hack honestly, for the past three weeks. And I use the aura ring to keep measuring, you know, my sleep patterns, no? yeah, how much deep sleep do I have per night? How much REM? And usually I get between one hour and one hour and a half of deep sleep and of REM. Since I started uh, taping my mouth at night through the whole night, I've been able to sleep three hours, maybe three hours and 30 minutes of deep sleep and of REM. For me, this is completely game-changing in my life, completely, because I feel obviously we're more um, concentrated, I feel with more energy, I feel more relaxed, and many of the things, you know, have been changing for me. So we're gonna, something that happens in the book is that James describes how he puts this hypothesis to the test. So he decided to complete an experimental piece of research in collaboration with the Scientist Center at Stanford University. So James volunteered himself as a test subject. James has a background of, you know, he narrates in the book that he has terrible, terrible mouth structure and like no structure. And he has been traveling most of his life before he discovered all of these hacks with breathing problems. So he's kind of like the seeker, seeker for solutions on what actually works while breathing. No? So uh, he wanted to see what would happen to his body if he only breathed through his mouth for a month. So Nayak, a professional at the Sinus Center, measured James' vitals throughout. Although the experiment was supposed to last a month, James could only last 10 days because his blood pressure went up 20 points in the first day. Additionally, James is not a snorer, but he started snoring four hours per night. James also developed sleep apnea. The sleep apnea left his blood oxygen levels at 90%, and they should have been between 95 and 100%. These results were incoincidental, though. His friend took part in the experiment and had a near identical results. So we have a lot of data of why breathing through our mouth is not nice, it's not good, for snoring, it's not good for sleep apnea, it's, no, it's, it's not good for blood pressure, and it's not good for oral health. So, um, 
Fortunately, after just a few hours of nasal breathing again, James Nestor felt normal again. He had more mental clarity and his physical measures were, went back to normal. From then on, James decided to tape his mouth while he slept. This small piece of tape would force him to sleep through his nose while sleeping. He could still cough or talk or maybe have a sip of water while wearing this small piece of tape, but it encouraged nasal breathing. After just a few days of nasal breathing while sleeping, James reduced his snoring time from four hours per night to just 10 minutes per night. And incredibly enough, James woke up feeling completely refreshed. So the benefits of nasal breathing are associated with how this breathing purifies, heats, moistens, and pressurizes the air. These changes to the air increase oxygen absorption by approximately 10 to 15%. Additionally, nasal breathing increases nitric oxide levels by six times. So James explains that nitric oxide is associated with better blood circulation, and better blood circulation is associated with having more energy throughout the day. James also encourages you to occasionally make a small noise at the back of your throat with nasal breathing. This practice can give you an extra boost of nitric oxide, which is something that we need. And you can hum as you exhale during nasal breathing. Humming while exhaling has been associated with a 15-fold increase in nitric oxide levels. So we need these nitric oxide levels, okay? So you might be thinking, okay, some people struggle to breathe through their nose. Well, many people struggle to breathe through their nose as it is congested. However, there are approaches that you can take to reduce nasal congestion. Number one, you can exhale through your nose. This helps the congestion to, you know, to ease. Number two, Pinch your nose shut and hold your breath. Shake your head from left to right to keep your mind off holding your breath if you're struggling. Number three, once you have an intense sensation that you have to breathe, you should then take a slow, controlled breath through your nose. And number four, repeat this exercise until you can easily breathe in and out of your nose. Every time, for example, that I, I, I do yoga and meditation quite often. So every time that I sit down in my yoga mat and I'm going to start, you know, my, my meditation routine, um, when I wake up in the morning, I might have a little bit of my, my nose congested, right? And the first minute or so, it's kind of difficult. And as you breathe through your nose and exhale through your nose, slowly, slowly, it starts to find its way through. And, your, and my nose, in my personal case, starts to get decongested, okay? Also something quite important that I want to pinpoint is that we are over-breathers. And, and James Nestor talks about why we are over-breathers. And we need to try and breathe less rather than more. And it might sound funny because we're constantly told to do the opposite, kind of like breathe more and, and constantly, you know, doing different types of breathing techniques of breathing more. But let me just bear with me for a second until I explain this. So when you take in fewer breaths per minute, you take in more carbon dioxide. And higher levels of carbon dioxide in the body is associated with greater oxygen absorption. So oxygen molecules traveling in red blood cells want to travel to parts of the body with a high concentration of carbon dioxide. So when oxygen molecules leave an individual's bloodstream to move to a tissue cell, a carbon dioxide molecule will leave the cell and move up the bloodstream. So the optimal levels of carbon dioxide encourage optimal levels 
of oxygen absorption. As contradictory as it may sound, the more carbon dioxide we have in our body, the more absorption of, of, of oxygen that we get. And the easiest way to build up carbon dioxide levels in our body is to breathe lighter and less frequently. So the average American takes 18 breaths per minute. The idea here is try breathing just six times per minute. As studies have suggested that this can increase carbon dioxide levels by up to 25%. So I want to encourage you and invite you on this, you know, let's try this together. Let's, let's try tipping our mouth at night. Let's try breathing less and and slower, no? And let's see all of these kind of like benefits that we find. If you don't find any benefits, perfect. You can quit it, you know? It, always you need to do what resonates with you more. What, you know, whatever makes you connect more with your body, okay? Also something, the third point that I want to pinpoint in this podcast is uh, the symmetry between the inhales and exhales. Because as studies show that symmetrical inhales and exhales produce maximum benefits, okay? So um, the best technique will depend, of course, on whether you're ex exercising, relaxing, or trying to sleep. Although um, James accepts that he has not found a magic formula per se, there are some techniques he has found to be more effective. And one of these is symmetrical breathing. So the recommendation is inhaling for 5.5 seconds and then exhaling for 5.5 seconds through the nose. This translates to about 5.5 breaths per minute. These breathing part patterns are very similar to those used during religious chants, such as in Buddhism. And for example, uh, we have many health benefits there. There's lots of research of this type of breathing. Because, for example, one of them is that it helps heartbeats to be more consistent. So, the idea is to inhale for 5.5 seconds and then exhale for 5.5 seconds through your nose. So, we're going to do a quick exercise. So, inhale. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 and a half. And exhale through your nose. 1, 2, 3, four, five and a half. Inhale, one, two, three, four, five and a half. And exhale, one, two, three, four, five and a half. You can continue like this and try and start to see all the benefits that this can have. The fourth point that I want to mention here is that exhaling slowly can help you relax. So if you measure your heart when inhaling, you will find that your heart speeds up. Then as you exhale, your heart rate will slow down. So exhaling is a parasympathetic response that is essential for conserving energy. And parasympathetic responses slow down the body's automatic response systems. So as you inhale, your diaphragm lowers and pulls blood into your thoracic cavity. And as you exhale, the blood flows back through the body and calms your mental state. So we tend to breathe quickly when we're anxious or stressed. And this type of breathing is not efficient. When we breathe quickly, our lungs are only absorbing approximately 
one quarter of the oxygen from our breaths. Then the rest of the oxygen and carbon dioxide is exhaled. And we're going to jump into our fifth point. Our lungs can be strengthened like muscles. That's it. Fantastic thing about the human body is that we can train our muscles, we can train our brain, we can train our eye, we can train our ear, we can train so many things because we are so fortunate to be living this wonderful and amazing human body that it's a walking miracle. So this is something that we all can do. So many people will believe that the lungs they're born with cannot be changed. However, this is way far from the truth. For example, we have free divers. They have much greater lung capacity than the average person. Herbert Nitsch is a perfect example of this. Herbert has a lung capacity of 14 liters, which is more than double of the average male. He was not born with large lungs. Instead, he trained them through free diving. So he improved his lungs capacity by exercising his lungs like a muscle. So to improve your lungs capacity, you should be aiming to partake in moderate exercise like walking or cycling consistently, plus occasionally doing some exercise that gets you breathing deeper and your heart rate up. So how making these small changes can boost our lung size by up to 15%, plus aiming to breathe deeply will also help our lung capacity increase. So this is something that we all can do. So maybe, I don't know, we can put 10 minutes per day to breathe, to breathe, in this 5.5 second of inhaling and 5.5 second of exhaling and try to see the benefits. Because something quite interesting is that anxiety and shallow breathing are interlinked. And as you know, here in one emotional podcast, we talk a lot about emotions. So anxiety is a key topic for us. Shallow breathing and short breaths are our bread and butter. Our ancestors survived by breathing this way and we still breathe this way today. However, this does not mean that they are optimal to us. Shallow breathing will limit the range of our diaphragms and lung capacity. For example, the average adult only engages 10% of their diaphragm. This breathing leads to poor posture and respiratory problems. Plus, it can overwork your heart and keep you in a constant state of low-grade stress and anxiety. Anxiety can encourage slow, shallow breathing. Then, shallow breathing can encourage feelings of anxiety. Hence, utilizing belly breathing can help retrain you to breathe more deeply and reduce anxiety. So there's this app that's called Breathwork that I use that um, you can, you know, tap in different moods that you're in or the different states that you want to reach. And it gives you a specific um, breathing technique. So for example, if you want to be creative, you click on, you know, feeling creative and it gives you you know, specific breathing. And then you click on, I want to fall asleep and it gives you a, a special breathing to fall asleep. So it's something that we have in our everyday. Every day we are engaged with our breathing. That's why we are alive. And every day we can have a few minutes of spare time. We could be in public transportation. We could be waiting in a line. We could be in a meeting. We could be um, cooking food. We could be sleeping our children. Anywhere that we could be. We could practice this slow 5.5 second breathing, okay? So taking a deep breath isn't just a saying. So picture yourself in a boat. If you take lots of short and shallow strokes, 
you will get by. But you won't maximize your efficiency. Instead, deep and long strokes will help you reach your destination faster and with less strain. You want to make things as easy as possible for your body. Therefore, taking deep and long breaths will be more efficient and less tiring for your lungs. And the last idea that I want you to, to leave this podcast with is breathe less to live longer. So the longest living animals have the lowest heart rates. And you can see this with Aura Ring and you can see it with you know, any fitness tracking device that tells you your heart rate variability. It talks a lot about this. And um, all across the animal kingdom, breathing and lifespan are in proportion. Elephants are some of the longest living animals and they only take four to five breaths per minute. Similarly, we see, for example, alligators. They only take one breath per minute. In comparison, we have dogs, cats, and mice that they take many more breaths per minute. Subsequently, they live much shorter lives than elephants and alligators. And humans sit somewhere in between elephants and alligators and cats and dogs for both breathing for both breath rate and lifespan. So it's something quite interesting because here in the book, James Nasser talks about how we've um, evolved, you know, in this evolution to have smaller jaws and reducing the space for breathing, that it's something that, you know, we're not chewing enough as we did. So he actually went, you know, to study, you know, the corpses of people that, you know, I don't know, maybe they died 100 or 300 years ago, and sometimes even more. There was one that he narrates in his book about 800 years ago, and he sees that they have bigger jaws, and they have stronger teeth. And nowadays, with the diet that we have, we have, you know, a diet that's softer, so we're not chewing that often. We don't have as healthy teeth as we had before. Um, we're breathing through our mouths, so we're having more cavities. And we're having a lot of sleep problems and um, anxiety and depression problems. So this is an invitation to explore with us, to explore with the Luan team, explore with myself. I'm in this journey of exploring how to breathe better. Um, what has been life-changing for me, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, was uh, mouth tape. It was completely, completely life-changing for me. And... Um, and the level of rest and the level of um, energy and, and memory and concentration that I've seen in the past three weeks, it's completely outstanding. And it's not, it's not only that I feel it, but I also have the metrics that is measuring it constantly. So this is an invitation. Jump with us and uh, let's explore this together because if we can find a way to feel better, to have a better lifestyle, to be more healthy, well, why not do it? And more importantly, why not share it? Right? Sharing is caring. And this could be a piece of knowledge that could help someone that's struggling a lot with sleep. And this sleep could be causing many other different problems. So let's explore together in this um, breathing journey and share your experiences with us in our Luan's uh, social media. Thank you so much. And I hope you start exploring with your breath. With love, Luan. Want to keep the conversation going? Luan, the world's first emotional museum, designed a global online experience to inspire and explore. 
follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Telegram, and visit our site at luanmuseum.com to engage creatively. <laughs>